Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello everyone and welcome back to Rule the Roost podcast, very special guest who has graced graced us with his presence today, it's, uh, you, you do a little podcast don't you as well yourself actually, you're quite, you quite you, you know this sort of stuff don't you, this medium. Yeah, do the uh, the Fighting Cock podcast, so um, you're welcome is all I'd say to everybody listening. It's, uh, if, you, if you don't know about it, that's Flavio, as, as named yeah. by John Motson. Flavio, what, what, what was that about? We were just talking about that before, but for anybody who hasn't, it was bizarre. hasn't heard. I, so, so obviously, naturally, I, look, from the start, I, there is no reason why I should be talking to John Motson. It's just, he got involved in some weird NFT thing, and the people that were running the NFT had paid another company to get people who talk about football to ask John Motson the question. What, like the monkey cartoon stuff? Like that, but but it was bizarre. I don't know how much you know about NFTs, and I don't know a great deal. But it was no, it was it was, it was his top one hundred games. They were making NF that he commentated on he, that they were making NFTs out of, and. Um, the game he chose for Spurs was our 9-0 win against Bristol Rovers in 1978 or whenever it was, before I was even born. I was like, how the fuck am I going to ask him a question about that? Anyway, uh, for some bizarre reason, we were chatting and I was, and he started calling me Flavio, which is fine. I don't have any issue with him getting my name wrong, but I, I didn't understand where Flavio had come from. Like, if you can hear me talk, it's clear that I'm from London or so it's southeast England. Flavio would be a very unique name for someone of my upbringing and ilk to have. Um, it was a bit odd, so you just had to run with it, really. Uh, in so, my world, I, 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 sorry, go on. Just because you were wondering if it was maybe just him being overly familiar, perhaps. Just it, that he didn't actually I think hoped your it name was, was Flavio. That it was, yeah. All right, geezer. Hello, Flavio, mate. How are you doing? You yeah, know, one but... of them ones. I just hope that, yeah, I hoped he felt that we were bonding on a level that was unexpected in such a short amount of time. That's what I, I hope was true that, um, that must be pretty mental though mate you know starting a podcast 10 years ago as a as an avid football fan and then thinking all this time later you're sitting having a chat with John Motson yeah, yeah it's, it's weird it's pretty decent yeah. mate more, more, more than that Jack it's weird that I'm, I'm able to do it without having to work have an actual job do you know what I mean that's, right, don't rub it in mate you know, I, don't, I don't mean to but I, I, I'm just saying that's the, the like, talking to John Motson is lovely but being able to just not have a boss is is the dream it's that's the thing i have to wake up in the morning and go thank like that's what i'm most grateful for but is it one of these situations now where you're just like pointing at yourself in the mirror being like who's the boss who's the boss you're the boss you're the boss <laughs> you know <laughs> do you know the uh the ang the anxiety when i left my job to do it it was unbelievable it was um it was you're like every minute you're like i should be working but there isn't enough stuff to do you produce a podcast well what like you'd you talk about it. You talk about football for an hour. You edit it. You post it. 
and, and then you're like left with this period of not doing anything which is fantastic but you're not earning enough money to pay all the bills so it's trying to figure out how you can develop it and and um and moreover find work and actually look off the fighting i don't know if this is interesting at all um the fighting cock is like about 30 percent of what i do now for work but um it's fantastic not to have a boss mate one day if if anyone has the opportunity and they have an, an idea that they think might work fucking jump at it because not having a boss is is a freedom in itself and it's incredible you uh you're not tempted to add another string to it do a bit of the Arsenal fan tv style thing getting people outside the ground shouting and all that sort of thing build building up the characters you know what i mean i think it'd go down really well at Tottenham, mate well it's how to, i mean no the answer to obviously is no um i don't, I don't know how he how how he done that how for so long and you know, it is a bit of a mockery to the club. And we know everything that's wrong with Arsenal fans' TV. But I would never, in, in any shape or form, have ever done that. Like you said, Spurs is a different football club to Arsenal. I mean, it is one of those things, stripping all the emotion away from all of it. And I get it, I, I completely understand and I share a lot of people's kind of problems, that sort of thing. I still, you know, I'm sort of, I'm on the side of the fence where I think fair play to Robbie, what he built and what he achieved and everything. You know, he found that gap and... And did it, you know, and it, it it became a monster toward the end. And culturally, now it's pretty it's insignificant compared to what it used to be. But yeah, you know, the guys guys changed his life by doing a you know with a good idea. So I think fair play to him. Yeah, yeah, I, I think we probably take football too seriously, pretty much. And um, and that and that fundamentally, uh, whether you like it or not, he's a very very successful man now, and and his life is immeasurably better than it was before he started Arsenal Fan TV. And the, the lives of his children are going to be immeasurably better. And you've got to think to yourself is like, what's more important that, you know, you're providing for those around you or the whims and sentiment of your fellow fan base. Um, I, I, I don't know. I do just want to say quickly at this it. point as well, I'm not, uh, I'm not giving him a pass for all that, you know, because I know I'm sure people will be saying he didn't call out, you know, DT and all that. So I'm not getting, I'm just talking about the pure bare bones of creating Arsenal fan TV. What do you mean? You know? Your audience you think is going to, <laughs> attack you for not for the lack of hypocrisy or maybe. the hypocrisy maybe. rather than maybe. just saying you're saying good stuff about Arsenal fan TV every, every, I'm a noted uh, I'm a noted Arsenal sympathiser nowadays I, you know I, I, I can carry that one you know really in what way Why I just I, I think I, I I begrudgingly think Arteta might be a lot better than the we were hoping he would be and I think, I think I think they might actually be quite good again now which is annoying I uh, I, I think I, there's a just problem. Just caveat, they're not Liverpool, they're not Man City. I don't think they're like they're just better than good, they were. good. I think they're maybe kind of taking our place in the pecking order again. Depends what happens, isn't it? I think what, when, when we, in terms of the size of the football club, but firstly, the Arteta is probably a better manager than we, we thought and, and the Arsenal fans thought. Also, he's incredibly lucky in that he's, he's inherited some young players that are absolutely fantastic in Smith Rowe, especially in Saka. Um, and, uh, and you know, he's, he, yeah, things are working for them. I think the difference is, is that there will never be a massive gap in the same way between Tottenham and Arsenal as there, there was before, just because of how football's moved. And the size of Tottenham Hotspur now is that even regardless of, of whether or not we have a bad season here or there, we've got so much money and we're such a massive club now. And, so, you know, eyes for around the world. Look, we can, we're never in a position where we can't buy our way out of a, a 
bad predicament. No. I mean, if, it's not flavor of the week, but would you be, you know, would you say this is where Levy deserves credit? Because I, I would, to be honest. I've been saying this for ages. I don't, I mean, I fucking, the amount of people, I get loads of stick about talking about how, how well I think Daniel Levy's done at Spurs and in, in, an incredible situation we find ourselves in. In that, I know you don't rate Conte, or, or certainly you rate him, but you don't you don't necessarily like the way he conducts himself. And I appreciate that as well because I've got there are issues about how he manages himself after games, especially when we lost lose. But he's in, he's without a shadow of doubt a world class manager. And um, the, fundamentally, we are where we are right now because of Daniel Levy. Whether you like him or not, we have Conte at the charge. We've got Paratici, who you would you would think is an excellent director of football in terms of his. And his, his player acquisition thus far has been fantastic in the short time he's been here. What he's just just under just under a year, and in that time, Romero we bought three really good players. Um, we've also bought Emerson Morale, but you know this the exception that proves the rule. But um, yeah, we are where we are. We've got the stadium. We've got a world class manager. Acquisitions have been good. Uh, we've got problems to solve in terms of getting rid of like the Celso and Lendombele, which are, are on big contracts. But but fundamentally. Tottenham are probably in a better place now than they ever have been apart from that season where Pochettino could have been backed and, and, and we could have gone for, on a proper league title charge. But then we're building a stadium. So I think Daniel Levy overall should be judged, probably should be judged in two or three years' time if, we, if we're still not bringing in quality that, say, Liverpool or, or Chelsea... Or um, United, you know, maybe. Yeah, and United. Um, we we should be competing for those players. Like Luis Diaz, the fact that he didn't join Spurs, it was never going to happen. It never felt like it was going to happen because it's Tottenham and that they're Liverpool. But we need to be in a position eventually, and we should be now. There's nothing stopping us being in a position where a player might choose us over someone like Man United. Not Liverpool at the moment, because just what they are. They're just the box, obscene, but, aren't they? Just yeah. to, just to, and also just to temper my Arsenal loving a bit. One thing I would say is like to add balance to this is that Arsenal maybe are just about going to pip us to fourth place, and we had half a season under Nuno Spirito Santo. You know, so yeah. I, well, not, it, it, it all that just adds to the point that Tottenham are in a good place nowadays, and I think we do sometimes forget that. You know, when we see because I've seen people moaning the other day, going on about the fact that Gazaniga and um, what's his name? They're like Josh Onoma uh, have have won the league championship with Fulham. Oh, there's two more players that won something since they left Tottenham. They won a fucking championship. Come on, like grow they, up a bit. You know, they, you won, know? they won promotion. They've won twenty first place. You when know? they call themselves cha- champions, oh yeah, but you, you had to be the shittest team in the league beforehand to become that champion. It's nothing. It's celebrate because you've gone up, but it's like people going champion. Like mate, fuck you. That's you're not. That isn't. You, you you should be applauded for your efforts and they've been fantastic this season but you're not champions of anything you're you're the 21st best team in in England mad mad um it was i mean it was if we go back, if we go to the game at the weekend Leicester it's you know i think they they're kind of between two significant semi-finals you know they'd love to get a european trophy even if it is the the wooden spoon one uh, you know european trophies yeah. european trophy i'd be happy if spurs were now in the semi-finals going into it you know so it, it is what it is so they they played a heavily rotated team so again it's one of those things where it's hard to draw too much from it but you can only beat what's in front of you Leicester have a weird bee in their bonnet with us so to me it was good to just see spurs be pretty <coughs> much commanding for yeah i would say what 
75% of the game. You know, yeah. just looking complete control and comfortable. They looked good in the first 15 minutes and stuff, but as soon as um, things started to click for us and we um, we took over the game, yeah, they weren't much changed and stuff, but it was just to get a, good to get a win going into this obviously game against Liverpool, which um, I'm sure you're looking forward to. And, and um, uh, just have just have that just rest, moment's respite because the mood, and this is the thing, probably Conte has a part responsible, has a responsibility in this, is that it just does feel like the end of days every time we don't win. And... Um, and maybe that's about the elevated uh, expectation of the fans as well. But it was we just needed to win that game. And if we can go to Liverpool and get a result and put pressure on Arsenal, then that makes the North London derby even even spicier. So I I was just I was happy with the performance. Son was incredible. Romero was incredible. Uh, ben Tancor had a good game, but Kulusevski looks something else. I, like... I, was, I was going to ask you about him. What did you make of the? Because uh, to me, it worked pretty well. Conte dropping him, giving him a bit of a kick up the arse after a couple of lacklustre games, maybe. Mm. I don't think it's entirely his fault. I think the games, the the whole team has struggled to adapt to not having Doherty in, in there. And yeah, Kulisevsky had a good, well, yeah, but Kulisevsky had a good partnership with him in particular. Yeah. Um, but were you, were you surprised to see him drop from the starting 11? Uh, I didn't. I mean, uh, in terms of the quality, you'd much rather have Kulisevsky in there, but we needed something to change. Because the lot the two games before it, the quality had been just really poor, and it just wasn't working. Didn't hit the target, so that says everything for two games. So I, I wasn't I wasn't opposed to the fact that um, we, he changed it. And the only way you can change a front line is swapping out Kulusevski because you're not going to do it with Son or Kane. Um, he talked about him playing as a right wing back, which um, you know, God knows what in terms of controlling the ball, playing out, it seems like a good idea. But defensively, we might have some issues. And then the idea of Lucas Moura and Emerson linking up well on the right didn't seem likely. I'm mad to think both of those are Brazilians and that the idea of them actually completing a pass with each other is, is almost inconceivable. Um, but it gave us an opportunity to, um, to Kulisevsky come on and just dominate, and he did. He was, it was one of the best sub-displays I'd seen for a long, long time. But just His calmness, he's just willing, he's, just, he's unshakable how calm he is. It's... it's Incredible stuff. Um, two assists, obviously. The second one was all down to Son rather than because um, actually doing anything other than passing to him. But the 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 the, the, the first one, he had you know, he's incredible. And that he's, skill down the right hand side, and when he played in Hoybier was just. Oh, mate. I mean, he Something seems else. like a very special player. There's there's shades there of. Remember when Delhi first came into the side when we we saw him in that preseason game against Real Madrid, and you kind of I remember everyone thinking like. I don't want to get too excited here, but this kid looks like the bollocks. Like he just yeah. he just looks like he belongs here. He looks kind of completely assured and completely comfortable. And I know Kulisevsky had what a bit of a ropey sub appearance for his first game, but from that point, <laughs> I just were willing to <laughs> people were having like saying he's no good. Oh, I was. He's I was no like, good. look at his legs. Look at the way he runs. <laughs> look at the way he runs. Look at his gait. Look at his yeah, gait. Yeah. You know all yeah. that sort of thing. And I'm talking fucking nonsense. Yeah, I just want to moan about something, but. He just, to me, he's, I don't know, the way he's slotted in with Son and Kane in particular, and yeah. I don't just his, his attitude, he just he doesn't seem phased, you know? That's right. And, he, and he's backing it, and it's all well and good having good performances, but he's actually putting numbers on the board as well, which is is is, is fundamentally the most important thing. You know, his, his assists and goals have been fantastic since he came in, and and you know, a lot of, lot's been made of that, and for good reason, but 
you know, it's all well and good fitting in and playing well and thinking actually there's something here. In the same way that we kind of saw La Celso, there was in these early, uh, his sort of early months as a Spurs player, La Celso, everyone thought, oh, we've got, there's a player there. But with Kulisevsky, it's like, no, he's there, he's ready now. When La Celso is like, there's, there's something good about him, we can see something good in him. With Kulisevsky, you can't deny it. So, yeah, it reminds me kind of like Van der Vaart. Van der Vaart, he reminds me of Van der Vaart a lot. A bit. He, 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 I always think of like a, a really good version of Chadley. I actually quite like Chadley back in the day. Yeah, but too. got affection. This, this, well, hit the dolphin and all that. But he, it, there was, yeah. there was something. I don't know. There's something similar about them. They, they're kind of they're quicker than they look. I think what, this is one of the things I always think about Kulusevski. He's got that sort of thing that Harry Kane has, whereby Harry Kane is he's not lightning. He's not rapid, but he's actually not slow. He's a lot no. quicker than people. I think then he just looks because of the way he sort of moves. He doesn't, Kane doesn't look that athletic. Do you know mm. what I mean? I think Kulusevsky has a similar sort of thing about him, but I don't know. I just think somebody said to me on Twitter when we were talking about it, that the thing about Kulusevsky that's the mark of like a really sort of fantastic player is unlike God rest his soul, but Eric Lamella, who was always trying to just do a bit too much Kulusevski seems to be somebody that knows exactly what he's good at and maxes out on that as opposed to trying to kind of, you know, push, not even not push himself to do different things, but just try and be too flamboyant or try to do something too silly. It's just <coughs> concentrating on his base skills and really kind of pushing those to their limit. And he, I don't know, he just, I, I love him. I think he's, I think he's an amazing, amazing player and I'm very happy that we've got him. Um, don't own him yet though. We do. No, we do. It's obligation to buy. What, um, just, why do that? What? Tell me what an obligation to buy is. If you have to buy him, why don't we just buy him at the start rather than uh, than loan him and then pay? Is it just I, about I, paying I'm, later? I'm the wrong person. Buy now, ask. pay later. Is that what it is? Uh, maybe. Maybe it's something to do with tax. Maybe it's something to do with financial fair play. I don't know. You'd have to ask a. You'd have to ask a numbers guy. I'm just. I'm just a pub philosopher, Flav. You know that by now, mate. If I have to ask a numbers guy, then there's other bits to the conversation, is it? You can't just go in and get the answer. You got to ask how the day goes. You got. to find out how their wife is and all the kids and you got to have all that bit so I'd rather they not don't, know don't just because they're numbers guys though they just appreciate getting straight to the point do you <laughs> know what I mean this is it you don't need to like dress it up with anything floral you know just all right. get, get to the point in and out that's it um Min Son you, you mentioned him there absolutely belting finish just a it, it, I, you know I, it wasn't the best performance I've ever seen from him but if he's scoring two goals both goals are actually very good, but obviously notably the second one. Yeah. Um, I um. Where, where do you, where do you stand him? Because I've do you? He's my favourite player, hands down. I want because I want to say, is he unlucky to be with us at the same time as Kane? Because maybe maybe his. <laughs> All right. I he doesn't he get rated as much as he maybe should. When you kind of look in probably like the pantheon of Premier League players, he's. Better than you know the likes most of, of them, yeah. yeah, most of them. I, I'd say he's he's on a par with someone like Berbatov. You know, he's he's in that bracket to me now. And it, it, just for for reference, I would put Berbatov in the bracket probably just behind Harry Kane. You know, I think he's one yeah. of one of the best players I've ever seen at Tottenham. I Absolutely. think he's I think he's one of the most underrated Premier League players of all time. To be honest, Timmy Berbatov. Berbatov he's, uh, he's the one I'd like. He, I love just love just to watch him play. Unbelievable, I, unbelievable it, footballer. It was brilliant when when he had him because we were shit. Well, I mean, we weren't shit. We were at the start of something, right? But we weren't very good when we signed him, and he it was just like I mean, we, most people will know, but he was he, he was something else. Like Modric is the best, probably the best player I've ever seen at Spurs. 
But in terms of who I'd want to watch, Berbatov number one, like without a shadow. You still got I still probably, I still probably say Bale, mate. At his very peak, I'm still, I'm still. I think about the, the way, yeah. could, the explosiveness, the way he could just change a game like that. But there's not much between them. I get it. It's it's one of They're those both fucking snakes for leaving us. But yeah, they are. But with Sonny, I mean, he's just my, he's unbelievable. Isn't it? And my, well, my love for him isn't isn't just about what he's doing on the pitch. It's just how he conducts himself. It's amazing. Like everyone loves him. Everybody loves him. You know, I don't know if you saw on on Twitter today that the, the goal celebration he changed. The, do you know? I don't know if you saw Joe Roden and um, Ben Davies went and did the bit with uh, this kid who's poorly, very very unwell. And um, they they went and played football in his garden. You know the kind of puff pieces that yeah. that, that the club does, so, you know, for, to garner goodwill and that, and make kids' days and stuff like that, which is all all good and positive stuff. Um, but the kid, they said, do Sonny celebration because the kid said Sonny's his favourite, and um, the kid just made a sort of like, it, I want it sort of like a like a triangle, almost like a, you know, what's it called, Illuminati triangle. That's the way, best way to describe it. He did that instead of doing the camera pose. So Son, when he scored did that celebration for that kid. And that's, that's the guy. That's the man. Um, in but that more... moment, in that moment, he's thinking about doing something like that is, I don't know, he's, he's a Wonderful. special lad, isn't he? Yeah, I, I, to be fair to him, I think it's Emerson Royale that reminded him. So he should get credit as well. But the, uh, the, the, but the, the most important thing in terms of the footballing aspect of it is he signed a contract when all this shit was going on with Harry Kane. He signed a contract and he talked about how Spurs were... They were the team that came and and got him and showed the interest and, and and really wanted him, and there was no question that he wasn't going to sign this contract. You know, his last one of the last big contracts of his career, probably the last, unless he can go on to thirty five playing the way he does. It's probably unlikely, but and he did it without question. And he says Tottenham feels like home, and it was just because I mean, the, let's let's be honest. He he, any club that would have Harry Kane would have home inside as well. Any of them. I think maybe even before they signed Luis Diaz, Liverpool would have had him. Yeah. Yeah, hands down. Without a shadow of doubt. He's just very... Tottenham are an extremely expensive club to have to buy players from. If you got the option to buy Luis Diaz for £47 million or what would be 120 for Son, something like that, you're going to do the other because it's easier. Um, yeah, so... Uh, yeah, and it's a shame, actually, that when you talk about Son, Kane's name very quickly follows... And it doesn't. It shouldn't just be that because, in his own right, even without Kane, he is an incredible player and has delivered for us when Kane wasn't there. You know, well, we, do you remember the time when we were worried that we didn't have a backup striker, and Pochettino said Son can play there. Do you know if you remember this? Remember this, but he said we're, we're all thinking we need a backup striker. We need one, and, and he's like, no, Son can play up top. And at the time, it was inconceivable. He's like, no, he can't lead the line. He's a winger or whatever it was that he was playing for us at the time, and. Right now, going into any game, I know obviously we'd need Kane, but I'd worry much. I'd be happy to see Son up, up, up top as well. Oh yeah, mean? big so, time. It's it's funny, isn't it? Because when you think about sort of a, the peak of that Pochettino era, sixteen seventeen, Son wasn't really a, a, a huge part of that team at that he point. Cog in, he was a cog in the machine, wasn't he? Yeah, exactly. What I mean by that is that yeah, exactly. He was he was more a part of the system as opposed to being one of our top top individuals really yeah. like from what I can remember I know you know he, he that, people talk that, about desk that, and stuff but still yeah no no he was, certainly yeah he was just he was a, a player along so I mean probably Delhi was getting more plaudits at the yeah, time than exactly. his son was um, and but it was when you know where he started to really break through is when um, 
we were playing, I think it was our first season at Wembley. Yeah. And Kane, Delhi, and Son bagged 20, 20 goals each in all competitions. Like Son did it, in the, I mean, Kane did it in the league on his own, but in all competitions, the three of them bagged 60 plus goals between them all. And um, maybe it's that, a bigger pitch. That's one for the tactics nonsense. Maybe, maybe yeah. the bigger pitch he has more room. More room to run about in, you know. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. Again, wouldn't. I mean, it's not a conversation I really want to have. It's quite boring. But the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, he's, uh, he's, um, man, he's magic, and he. I just, I'm just happy he's there. It's great to have footballers you love, and where sort of Harry Kane is, you know, our love for him is different to what it was before. We're all still grateful. I don't think anyone's really in love with Harry Kane anymore. It's weird, isn't it? I was going to ask you about this because I don't want to say it's entirely about the him kind of like the the wanting to move thing because on, on a sort of on on one level you understand it and you get it but it, it it's almost like it kind of revealed something that maybe we were ignoring the whole time in that it, it, it is funny for somebody who was such a who is such a massive part of the club and a massive part of the club's identity in the at least the recent years to be so really unaffectionate for the club and he he's always kind of been that way right like you say son you always hear the plaudits about oh, it's home it's this it's that and I, I get it i think what we've got what we've got to be careful to do as well is also kind of not kind of expect everybody to have the same sort of emotional response to things or at least put things yeah kane is generally a man of few words you know he's not really a gushing guy he's a bit He's, he's a bit old school, really, isn't he? The way he is. He's a bit of a throwback. Um, he's mm. quite a sort of quiet bloke. Um, you know, I just... I I, I, I do find it... I don't know. I, I think it's sort of dodgy territory when people sort of expect him to be be exactly like somebody like Son is because people are different at the end of the day. But there is still something about Kane that's just a bit more cold, isn't there? And it, it, it's yeah. harder to love him, especially after he's sort of spent a summer doing smug interviews with Gary Neville on golf courses and stuff like that it's yeah it, it, um it's um yeah 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 it's it's it was strange um it was it was almost like look I, I don't blame him for wanting to go I don't I don't have any issue with it with that I don't I understand it right I get it it's not not a problem but obviously you're he's saying that he's that, that we're not good enough for him anymore. And regardless of the how well you can reconcile that as with in your, the intelligent part of your brain or, the, or the, the part of your brain where you reason, the emotional part says, that's fucking horrible. That feels horrible. What you're saying feels horrible. And your actions make me feel horrible. And so that's fundamentally how I'm going to feel about you going forward. You're forced to stay. You didn't want to stay. You did. Now things have changed is all. Like he's doing a job for us, he's paid well for it, and he's doing a really good job. But what? it's a job. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, ninety-six percent replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a thirty-night guarantee. Plus, get fifteen percent off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. 
millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Just, just interest. Yeah, you know, it's just your opinion. Your kind of your feeling on the situation. What, what, what do you think his future looks like now with Tottenham? He's got two years left, right this summer. He, in, I'll, I'll, see, I'll put my cards on the table. In my opinion, Harry Kane is never signing. It doesn't matter if we finish top four, whatever. He's never signing a new contract, or at least a contract extension at mm. Tottenham now. In my opinion, he's running his contract down, and then he's going to pick the best option for him to go and win something massive. You know, Because mm. I, I imagine whatever happens with Haaland, City would probably still make room for him in a couple of years' time. I wouldn't even put it past Liverpool to have a punt on him in a couple of years. You know, he's, this is one of the best strikers in world football we're talking about. Like, yeah. I, I don't buy this whole kind of thing. He'll be 30 at that point. No one will want him. Strikers' careers are going on longer and longer. Lewandowski's 36. I think he's still playing and banging him in. Ben Zimmer's, what, 34, 35. He's still banging him in. Harry Kane's got plenty of goals left in him, you know? No, no, yeah, yeah, no. no. Kane, Kane won't be any less of a striker two years when he's out of contract than he is right now. In fact, he'll probably be better. If that's even possible, he certainly won't be any less, any, 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 any worse. Like you say, the idea of a thirty-year-old being old in footballing terms is just a myth. It's just not not true anymore. He's talked about wanting to play until he's forty. Um, and given the nutrition, given the way they understand the body and 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 can can treat him correctly in order to get the most out of his career, footballers will be playing that long. You know how old's Ronaldo? How old's Ronaldo? Thirty-seven. He's an absolute freak, though, isn't he? No, 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 he's a freak, but he's a a front-runner of what footballers could become. I'm not saying anyone's going to be able to... He's 37, and he's bagged 20 goals for Madden United this this season. 20, like, like, that's easy. So... If Kane can, if Kane can even go till 35, that's still seven years left on his career. So, the the issue is... Well, it depends what Spurs are. Like if we're if we're a league a Premier League winning team with Conte, or the next manager, then there's no reason for him to leave, and and I feel like he probably will sign a new contract similar to the way Gerard does. But if he doesn't, and he wants to leave um, at the end of his contract, it's not the end of the world, and that that and, and I tell you why. If he if he gets to the point where we we don't have to pay a fee for him, oh, oh sorry, other someone else doesn't have to pay a fee for him. That financially makes very little difference to selling him, um, or, or sorry, signing signing a new contract. So if he buys a new contract, he's gonna. Be, if we put him on a new contract, he's on like four hundred grand a week, probably. Yeah, at least huge, huge signing on fee. Um, it's gonna cost a huge amount of money. If he leaves on a fee, you're saving that. You're saving that money, and you can put that towards new transfers or wages elsewhere, or whatever it is. So it makes very like it don't get caught up in this idea that we're losing came for free. You're not. You're just not. You're just pushing down where the money's going, where I, and when you when you lose it. Like it's also it's also worth remembering. You know, if think about it, this this summer, we weren't going to take anything less than what 120 mil probably. Or if City had come in with 50. do you reckon 120, 150? City, we we would have probably gone to City at that price. They didn't. They yeah. came in with 70 odd mil and. Gabriel Jesus or whatever it was they wanted to offer us. 
that obviously wasn't going to happen. And I it's think not going to happen this year. This year, either. no, I don't think it would because I think because I, I agree with what you're saying because his goals alone, the league, <laughs> the league finishes they give us, give us more money as well. We're more likely to be in a Champions League with Harry Kane than without. That's worth what is it, hundred mil to a club qualifying for the Champions League? You know, it's probably not that much, but it's a lot of money. You know, what what about this? What about this? Right, if we this summer. The, the rumours coming out of some reputable sources is that we're going to go big in the summer. Uh, effectively, every spare penny that's been allocated for transfers will be given and um, and we're going to go big this summer. And, and and you would say some of the there are some clues there that it might be the case, you know, bringing Paratici in, bringing in the number two to help, help with his workload, having Conte, who is a manager who insists on, on player acquisition and improving the quality of the squad, or he goes, we've seen it before, it all makes sense that this is likely to happen. The whole narrative around Conte is you've got to back him, you've got to back him, you've got to back him. I mean, if there is a chairman who will flout that <laughs> that universal agreement that he has to be backed, it is Daniel Levy. But but um, I feel like we could we could go big this summer, and we start well next year. Kane might look at that and go, "This is an, this is intent here." Like if he goes to Man City and wins, it means nothing. Even to him, it should, it won't mean any. It, I mean, it may be to him in, in in some strange world where you go to the most financially doped team in the league, who will win it eight times out of ten, and then you go and become just a cog in that incredibly expensive machine with all the advantages. It would mean, in my opinion, less. I'm a fan in it, so I'm never going to really appreciate him. But it would mean less to win the league there than win a cup with Spurs I think of course but it would it's, it's funny though, no one I'll, respects you for it did, did you see who was it who was it City beat the other day in the league um, was it Brighton I think they beat and they're keeping the pressure on obviously on on, on Liverpool at the top Right. and you just see you know this is a team that's going to win the Premier League again probably you know I think it's highly likely they're probably going to win it and if you know whatever there's just the peril the excitement, it's just not there. And I, I kind of, they've had the Aguero moment. And I think that is, that was literally the stuff of like, you know, Hollywood, yeah. right? Hollywood fiction, the idea that <laughs> on the last day of the season, you'd be neck and neck with your most hated rival that's yeah. shat on you from above for years and years and yeah. years. Yeah. And you look like you're going to fuck it. And then you end up turning the tide and scoring in the, whatever it was, the 93rd minute or something like that. And, you know that that's yeah. You know, it's probably the same as our as is in Amsterdam. That kind of explosion of emotion and where do you go after that? Where where does football take you? And obviously they've had that. Like City have had that, and nobody can take that away from them. But I look at it now, right? I look at what City are. I look at them competing for probably going to make another Champions League final second year in a row. Like I say, they're probably going to win the Premier League second year in a row. But they don't seem excited about it. Where's the journey? There's, there's no journey. No. When, Where's when the you... fun? Where's the joy? Where's the peril? It's like a fucking Marvel film. You know, it's like you're watching it. You're like, this is good. I'm getting all the high notes, but I'm. It's just this popcorn now. It's yeah. Well, you've got. There's got to be some backdrop. You've got to have some narrative. Like you think like, and and in order to have that, they've got to fail for for a significant amount of time. Like it's part of the reason why. Arsenal fans are loving it at the moment is because they've been so shit. Yeah, so good far. On them. Fair enough to. Them. As the Arsenal yeah. apologist, you know, it's. I mean, like, I, f- I hope everything bad in the world course, happens happens to them, but you can understand why they're enjoying what they're enjoying now. But remember, just 
six years ago, they were calling for Wenger's head for finishing in the Champions League every year for 20 years. And now they're on the brink of it. It's like they're winning the World Cup. So what they've had and what's good for a fan base is a, recon- a reconciliation of what it means to follow a football club. So Arsenal fans are enjoying the journey right now. Will they win the league with Liverpool Man City around in the next 10 years? No. Very unlikely, unless something mental happens. They're not going to, in the same way that Spurs won't. They'll just become a good football club like Tottenham's are, Tottenham is and, 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 and others are. But they, they've got... They're on an up. They're on their journey is they're on the upward trajectory in the same way that we were in 2015, 2016, 2017. We were on that bit because so we were all buzzing. What Man City fans will never have is that reconciliation. So now they're guaranteed to win something every year. There is no fun in that. Eventually, where do you get the? That's why no one turns up to the stadium. Like the best team in Europe or or, or, or in the top three, clearly because they're about to go into a Champions League football or, 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 or certainly top three as it stands now. And no one, they're not excited. You don't, the energy you get from City fans now is this arrogant smugness. I don't envy excited. them. Do you envy them at all? Like, see. honestly, do you, do you actually not envy them? Not at all. Not, no, ab- absolutely not. Honestly, not I'd all. rather be... Not at all. Pre- I, I, I get people will say you're small time, you're this, you're happy capper, but I would honestly rather be what Tottenham are, this perennial basically loser that can maybe just the promise that there's some glory somewhere to keep us excited to keep us invested because we always say all this why is it we keep coming back why do we because we fucking love it because we're drawn to it it's it's what the whole club is you know the the club is wired yeah. this way we we sort of it's probably why we hate liverpool so much because i think we do have a similar kind of ethos as they do that idea of it meaning more about the journey to they dare us to do to the, us 100%. Yeah, you know and we are bought into this and this is it, it, it to me that's that is what's special that's i don't i don't i'm not that asked about great if, if tottenham spend loads this summer fantastic that'd be amazing if we do it and we we end up going somewhere but i, I don't I, i'm just not i'm not i'm never going to be in that camp of people that's like fuck it let's have let's have jeff bezos and let's just win the league every single season until maybe the time comes that Every single Premier League club is owned by a billionaire, and you just have to do that because that's what the playing field is now. You well, know? that's what's happening. That's that's what's going to happen. But the, the, but yeah, we 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 do find ourselves in uh, an existential crisis that uh, where where fundamentally you can compete when you have some sort of nation state or oligarch or you know not oligarch anymore, but what would have been or or an oil, oil baron or some sort of billionaire owner it's the only way only way you can do it and 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 they'd need to be loyal uh, glory or glory focused um and then it's just an even kill and nothing much changes um i uh yeah i I, when when we do win an fa cup or something that feeling is going to be incredible and the feeling that we all share as spurs fans will be better and greater than how many man city fans when they win the league again because they have all the money, because they've, 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 they're financially doped. But there's, there's, it, it when you, the 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 best chance is there's a big problem in football when the the, the best chance of winning or you, the way you guarantee win is just spending the most amount of money, and that's fundamentally what it is. So being able to do that from a position where you don't spend the most amount of money and then win like Leicester or an FA Cup, that's that's magical. That's that's better. That's 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 what you're after.
like kids are kids are chosen to sport. I saw a fucking kid. I saw a kid who must have been about eight goes to my kid's school. Had a Man City. I live in Devizes in Wiltshire. He has a Man City bag on him. I wanted to run him over. It's just, I, I, it's just, I, I don't know. It's tough. They're the new Man United. They're basically Man United now, aren't they? They've replaced them for Southerners who want a glory hunt. Liverpool have always been there. They've always had sort of Liverpool fans, but there are always loads of United fans, and there'd always be that old story, wouldn't there? Oh, actually, my aunt's mate is from Manchester or something, you know, and she looked after me when I was a kid, and th- yeah. there'd always be some sort of elaborate bullshit. Yeah, at some point, was, but... at some point, you knew you, what you'd done is wrong, but you went along with it. You know, that's the thing. Weird. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. At some point, you've chosen. Like, if you, I've got a mate, Sam Peoples. who might some people might know. Him. He's a, runs a Man United channel. He's um he comes from South End. None of his family are from Manchester. He chose at one point when he was a kid where he knew he didn't know better. He chose to support Manchester United because they're the best team. But then at some point he knew actually I'm I've made a mistake here, but he carried on with it. Then you're complicit. What a pig. <laughs> yeah, what a little slag. It's just disgusting. Um Oh mate, I, I, one thing I did want to ask you about actually, because this is a is it's a bit of a tangent, but we're talking about Tottenham winning stuff, um, so I can nicely segue this back in. Leicester, I mean, they beat us to the to the Premier League, right? Yeah. We had we had a we had a protracted five minute rivalry with them to to win the Premier League. We didn't get it; they got it. Yeah, we came third in the two horse race. Mm-hmm. Well done. But they still fucking they they act like we beat them to it. You know, they absolutely detest us as a football club. They, they, <laughs> they, 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 their fans are so bizarre. And it's, it's got me thinking, like, what is it? What is it about Tottenham? Because it, there seems to be... There are tiers to it. I, I tweeted about it. There are different tiers. But I, when I think about it, when I think... Obviously, you've got West Ham, Chelsea, Arsenal, that all view us as their main rivalry. Annoyingly. Yeah, they hate us. They hate so, us. All, all three of them, we've got those, Right. And then behind that, we've got teams like Leicester, you've got teams like Southampton that yeah, have always hate. hated us. <laughs> teams like Wolves that hate us. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Liverpool, I, I don't know. I think a lot of people say Liverpool. I don't really think they give that much of a shit about us. They hate Harry Kane, but... Yeah, they don't. They don't. I, I speak to a Liverpool fan every Monday for, for a job that I've got, and um, they really don't give a shit about us at all. I think they're pity us, really. <laughs> I don't know if it's, it's quite that depressing, far, but I do... You know? <laughs> Yeah, I don't want to be pitied. I want to be hated, mate, because I, I'd rather... I, I like that. That's a badge of honour for me. All of them fucking hate us. And every good thing that happens is like a needle in that. Like, imagine us winning. Like, when we got Conte, do you know how many fans were upset in, in Great Britain? Millions. Millions of fans. And we did that to them. Right, so that's... You hold on to that. Don't You don't want to be liked. It's no. It's no good being liked. It's no... It's like, people like Fulham, don't they? They like Fulham because they're not threat. You want to become exactly. a threat. The people, the idea of us finishing above West Ham, Arsenal, Chelsea is like a dagger into their heart every single year. But for them, like because Tottenham are their main rivals, West Ham hate us more than anyone. Chelsea hate us more than anyone. Arsenal hate us more than anyone. They only there are the only the only people that are upset when they win is us, and that's a small section of of the football support in world in in terms of Great Britain actually. But, but every time we win, we are in loads. We're damaging the. the, the I'm, 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 I won't willfully wish ill or mental health issues on anybody except Arsenal fans and West Ham fans and Chelsea fans. They can all get it. They're going to get cancelled for that. 
Do you, maybe, Probably. but it's, you know, it's 2022, mate. You can't say nothing these days. Um, yeah. But do you think, uh, my sort of point was, do you reckon this makes it harder for Tottenham to win something significant? The yeah. fact that every single fucker just us. hates us. <laughs> and they bowl, they bend over each other. Um, I think, yeah, you're at a different advantage because you think Arsenal, like Chelsea, West Ham and Arsenal, they all know how important that game is. Chelsea, when they play West Ham, there's no real needle there. Was it? But they come to. I like it when people call Arsenal Chelsea the Kumbaya derby. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. I've heard that before. That's fantastic. Um, Yeah, it probably does make it more difficult. It does make it more difficult. Like when when we were going for the league against Leicester, and it it was at Stamford Bridge where it all sort of fell apart. They did. They they. It was it was like a cup final for them to stop us from winning. But that's that again. That's like. We're so significant in their brains that they have to do this way. They have to think this way. They're all so desperate. Like Arsenal fans might say to you, uh, Chelsea, Chelsea are uh, our main rivals. There isn't a, there isn't a day that they've created and dedicated to them finishing above Chelsea. We're, we're constantly living in their heads. All of them, all their, all the fans. They hate us. And when eventually we get everything we want, it's going to be really painful for them. Yeah, so to, honestly, when we were going into that Champions League final. I've never, oh I've never ever had so many kind of, so many of my mates who support other teams just so rattled. They were so like they were, they were honestly they were on the verge of like nervous breakdowns about the thought of Tottenham maybe winning the Champions League. Yeah, it would have been unbearable. Oh, I would, would have been, I would have been, I would have been disgusting though. I'd, I'd have lost friendships probably. I would have been um, horrible, awful. That was all I wanted, right? That was all I wanted. I wanted, I didn't. Do you know what? Like, it would have been amazing. It would have been amazing, and this shows something about me. And I've been accused of being sort of small time in this thing, but I literally don't give a shit. The all, the most important thing is for me is beating Arsenal, being above Arsenal, and everything else is just a bonus. That's that's what I look at it next season. Is can, I hate Arsenal as much as I love Tottenham, right? So that so oh, yeah. so us finishing above them is the first portal call. That's the first thing that needs to happen. Um. And what all I was thinking about was was having that European Cup and Arsenal not having it because they've got all the other shit. They beat us to it when they're that great team in the two thousands. I wanted something that they didn't have. I didn't get it. It's bollocks. Shame. Uh, Never mind. Part of being Spurs. Yeah, I mean, let's let's talk about them because that's the that's the that's the big dark cloud on the horizon, isn't it? I mean, did yeah. you, their game against Villarreal last night. It was funny that first half. They actually looked mortal, you know, for 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 a brief amount of time. I was watching them. I thought you can get a Liverpool, like you actually can. You know, you just have to, you know, Villarreal. Kind of, I think they have a similar kind of ethos to Liverpool. There seems to be a certain like um, kinship between the two fan bases and everything like that. I, I see them on Twitter, sort of saying how they're, you know, wired the same way and all this sort of shit, whatever. So I think maybe the the, it felt almost like Liverpool were getting Liverpool last night a little bit and then obviously second half comes along Jurgen Klopp did his thing and they just came out and looked like the Terminator again in the second half and I mean mm. I do think like there is this sort of I don't know it's it's, it's getting harder and harder because I, I, I do think there's definitely always going to be recency bias I've seen a lot of people at the moment saying they're, they're definitely they're definitely the best English team they're definitely and I think it does do Ferguson's various United's a disservice because they were 
they were just it, they just looked invincible like for so long as well Ferguson's yeah. United they kind of they people kind of I don't know you, you, I, I, there's something I can't, I can't really put it into words properly but there's something in in human beings where we just kind of we look at things that exist and think they've always been there and they just happen yeah. to be there planes are in the sky because buildings are standing skyscrapers standing just because people don't often look at kind of the whole idea that this has been hundreds of years of process of trial and error of people getting there. And it's not exactly the same with football, but Manchester United weren't just there because they were Manchester United. Ferguson made that Manchester United yeah. team. He arguably made Manchester United what they yes. are today, you know, built yeah. that brand. They were always a big team, but they were a big team probably in the same way that Spurs were for a long time, maybe a bit bigger, but we were in similar company really yeah. until Ferguson came along and turned them into a team that was the most successful team in Britain. You know, you, I, I, you, you look, you're hundred percent right. And you look at, you look at, um, you look at you, every, every club that has sustained success pretty much apart from Real Madrid and Barcelona. And, and there's a different reason for why they're, they have sustained success. But in, in England, especially is that you have someone that comes into the club that institutionalizes it, is it in their own image. So if you look at our Spurs in the 60s and early 70s, Bill Nicholson, he was the guy. He was there. It was him. Alex Ferguson at Man United, but it was him. Arsene Wenger at Arsenal. Abramovich mm. at Chelsea. Klopp at Liverpool. You need that one... Per- and when that person goes, you become, you become a normal football club again, as Manchester United have been, as Arsenal have been. You know, so and, and and Spurs, you could argue, is Daniel Levy. That's why he's he's essentially the the the, the mainstay. So what um what uh, what I'm, and and if you, if you if you look at La Liga in terms of while while things transition, their different presidents and whatnot, they have sort of the lion's share of the money, so they've got always a massive advantage over everybody else. But you, you have that, you have the guy who institutionalised your football club. So Liverpool won't always be there. In the same way, Manchester United won't always be there. Man City, though, that's the outlier because of, you know, just the way way things are and how much money are. And, and essentially, there's a the nation state is there. It's not going to go anywhere. It's not going to run out of money. So um, as long as there's a political motive to having to, to owning the football club, they'll be there. I mean, they're almost like the establishment now, though, aren't they? Kind of an. It's, it feels like as much as you kind of have emotional rivalries with Liverpool, I almost feel like it's a bit of a, I, I don't know, I think it's for the greater good that Liverpool actually do win the league this year. I've got to say that. Like I, I, I hate feeling that way, but again... If he's better, ultimately, the, the gen, better general will. I do, and I, I, I know their fan base is unbearable at times, and they kind of have this weird exceptionalist view of, of them and their kind of place in football. Like they're kind of... Uh, you know, I, I've seen sort of, I've seen sort of other fan bases that are predominantly working class in working class. So people like Newcastle, who will often say Liverpool fans think they're like the only working class kind of, you know, fan base and all that sort of stuff that they think they own that entire struggle. And I, I get why that winds people up; it rubs them up the wrong way because they're not. The, the thing about Liverpool is they're not just happy to say we are these things and that's it. They're, it's you know, the the meme at the moment is Liverpool invented insert whatever it is here you know um so they do kind of have this this feeling that they own everything piousness and yeah they are that's it it's piousness and it it is irritating but also 
just looking at like, like we're talking about there, what Klopp has achieved, like the level when Unreal. we were when we were sort of competing with them neck and neck, right? Peak peak of Pochettino's powers, a peak of that that sort of team we had. When we were neck and neck with them, we were going toe to toe with them, and it was it was good fun. And it's seeing kind of the fact that they have maintained that level that we saw kind of slip through our fingers. We had it for what two three years probably when we looked we looked like a beast. Do you know what I mean? As a, as a Tottenham fan, you especially that sixteen seventeen team, you're like. We're going to win at White Hart Lane today. We just will, because that's what yeah. we do. Well, they, well they, they bought Van Dijk and Allison, and we built a stadium for it, effectively. Yeah. That, that, was, that was the difference. But still, though, like the, the way he has maintained that intensity and that level of performance with them... He's the best manager in the world, hands down. It's, it's unbelievable, isn't it? Like, he, he is, it is unbelievable. unbelievable like, but we can hold hands and say we don't want, our, we don't want them to do the quadruple. Like, win the fucking... If they walked away from all of this winning the League Cup, that would be the funniest fucking thing on earth. But um, do, do you know what? Just don't, I don't want them, we don't want them to win all four just because they'll never stop talking about they it. They won't. That's unbelievable. And, but do, do you know what is like, I, I think this is kind of what gives you the idea of the level that they're on now. You don't put it past them though? No, not at all. I absolutely <laughs> think they're going to do it. <laughs> I kind of, I worry that they are going to, you know. They're just so good. But do you know what? You know, you know, in terms of talking about the, uh, we could be the club that upset them. I know the idea of going to Anfield, and you know, I can't. We haven't won there since '94. Is that right? No, no, we won in 2011. I think. We, I we? think. Van oh, Modric. Var- Modric. Modric. Yeah, maybe. No, Modric. Modric. I can't remember. Yeah, but yeah, I remember that actually. Sorry. No. Um. We. Uh, other than that, yeah, we haven't won there since you know whenever. Kingsman and Sheringham yeah. in the FA Cup quarterfinal. Um, but you, we can get at them. If there's a team that can go to Liverpool and hurt them, it's Spurs, just because of how good we are on the counter. And we've gone to the Etihad and we've beaten them. We can win. It's not a foregone conclusion. I'm not going into that game thinking, this is a free hit. I think we can get a result. And, and, and a result, I mean, like a point. I think I, we can hurt them. I think I, it's going to be a high-scoring game. I would just love to... I mean, the, the thing for me is... With everything I've said, yeah, okay, right, I've bought into the Liverpool magic a bit and everything like that. But at the same time, I'm a Spurs fan, you know, and I think on the Spurs fan level, we fuck, we just fucking owe them one, you know. We really, we really do, and I've been saying this for years now. But especially with that Champions League final, like we've, we just, I think we need to just get our fucking day into somewhere we can just for once put fucking two fingers up up at them and let them feel that sort of pain a bit because yeah. you know you know one of the things that's always stuck with me that I found it so funny it was it was Ricky on fighting cock when he was talking about it was after Madrid um the final with them and he was saying like one of the worst things about it was after it he said it like in this same hotel he was at there were a load of Liverpool fans there as well yeah. and they were doing the whole proper club you are Tottenham you know unlucky lads you were good you were brilliant in the run up to the final we're so happy we got to play you. And Ricky was just like, fuck, just fucking give us you. Ah, yeah. You know, we beat yeah. you. Fucking don't beat. be magnanimous. No, in Because no. it's, you know, it's because that, it's a sort of passive aggression in a way. It's a sort of, it's a, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, no, of course. It's like a gaslighting. It's like, no, you, should, you don't feel bad. Don't yeah. feel bad. You know, you're good. Well done. You know, yeah, pat it's on the head. It's patronizing. You know, it's like, no, there I should, want to feel like been, shit. Rub there it There should in. have been blood on the streets in Madrid after that game. There should have been fighting everywhere, police everywhere, people getting battered. Sort That's of fight show people are biting chunks out of each other's faces. <laughs> mayhem. Know? It should have been mayhem. 
<laughs> but instead, it was like all shaking hands and pats on the head and get, uh, pat you on the ass as you walk off. Um, they won. They won that somehow. <laughs> they only won that. They won it off the pit. Um, no, man, it's uh, it would be great. Like it, like they might they may not hate us now, but if we beat them, they'll fucking hate us. And oh, exactly. They hate Harry Kane for what I'm going to be honest is pretty bizarre reason. Do you know what I mean the fact he was what in a golden boot race of. Mo Salah, you know, that and, was weird. Yeah, that was weird. You know, and they, they, but from that point, they've just utterly detested him. And I sort of think, if you're going to hate him, like, I hope he gives you a fucking reason to properly fucking <laughs> exactly. Hate him, yeah, you yeah, know? and yeah. Imagine yeah. him shushing the cop. Oh god, fucking that would be great. Ninety fourth minute, he fucking bangs in an equaliser or a winner and shushing him. That you know? that that needs to be uploaded to to an adult site if he if he wins that. If he does that, he just, he just, just imagine it. Imagine like 90, 94th minute, two all, proper touchy game. They've had loads of shots. They've hit the bar. And Kane goes through on goal and just puts it past Alisson into the back of the net. And like, yeah. And we've been disgusting all game as well. We've, we've gotten away with, we've gotten yeah. away with a, a, an obvious penalty. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? that kind of one. Yeah, yeah. Like, let's, him, let's win it really unjustly. Yeah, something to really moan about. Let's not deserve it and win. That's what I want. I don't want us to go up there and play them off the park and hit them on the counter attack. I want us to stink the place out, be really shit, and then win. <laughs> Maybe cause a serious injury to a player. No, no, I don't. I don't wish that upon anybody. No, if no. it had to be one, though, who would it be? A hundred percent, Andy Robertson. I think yeah. he's one of the biggest scumbags in football. Yeah, scumbag. Yeah, like, we don't wish injury on Pope, but if it has to be one. It's got to be him. He's a good player, but he's riding on the coattails of a lot of far better players as well. He's a fucking wanker. I can't understand. When he did that binoculars thing at, at the lane earlier on, this year, I don't really like calling it White Hart Lane anymore, but at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium earlier on in the season, he did a weird binoculars celebration. I just want to fucking shove his binoculars up his ass. Do you know what I mean? Not in a, not in a kinky way, but... Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's uh, been a pleasure having you on. Flav, Cheers, mate. mate. Anytime. I love it. Well, glad to do. Any, <laughs> any, anything back on the phone call? Oh yeah, go on then. I'm, I'm free anytime. Do brilliant. It. Let's just keep going on each other's pods. It'd be brilliant. <laughs> right, I'll just end it there. Nice one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know how it's going, sir. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com.